Hello. Is this your first time in the studio, all of you? Yes, uh, yeah, it yeah. definitely is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> We're going to start with a quick fire round, see if we can get everyone warmed up a little bit. How would your friends describe you in three words? Charlie, do you want to go first? Personally, I'd probably go with uh, loud, short and lively for me. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they'd say something like kind, loyal and pretty honest, let's say those three. Yeah. Can you name a woman who really inspires you? It's a tough question because there's loads of them to be fair like is it me is it in my life personally or is it people in the past because well i I could probably do the really cheesy thing and you know say my mother it's very cheesy i never think saying your mom is cheesy she was in the third year of intake in sandhurst officer training academy past that she then uh went to fight in kosovo uh after the paras and then now she survived uh, lymphoma cancer so she's a real fighter and i'm inspired by her I'm going to say Margaret Thatcher, and then I'm going to allow everybody to, to think what they like about that. <laughs> I'll pick out two. Mum is obviously, like, the obvious one, probably yeah. for me, because of, like, I well, being 24 years old, so recently into the world of work, you don't, as a child, you don't really realise who what your parents, and specifically your mum, does you until maybe you get older and you get a grasp of it. Mm-hmm. And I say my partner as well, the way that she tackles her job and her life just, like, really inspires me. It's really great answers. I definitely agree with Charlie. I say like my mum she's definitely like a strong person like she does so much and manages to fit it all in and she always like puts us first and I just think she's so strong like okay last one when are you the happiest version of yourself probably at school among among my friends like in the boarding house probably Mm -hmm. like working together on a project or something Uh, definitely when I'm writing music when I'm completely lost in a project in my own little world. And maybe watching football. If everyone watching football, it's like that's my escape for me. So sort of, if you forget I'll go with that. everything else that life is throwing at you, just sort of just watch that. Nice. Okay, Charlie, this is aimed to you. How familiar are you with International Women's Day and what does it mean to you? If I'm being totally honest, I can't keep track of my own family's birthdays. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, I knew it existed, but I just didn't know what day it was on. I didn't really know what it meant I, I knew that it was like to prevent uh history from repeating itself mm. but i didn't really know like the, when it started to be honest honestly same i mean i kind <laughs> yeah, of I, agree you but, know of it but you don't know it yeah you know? Like, people are aware you might see on people's stories oh happy international women's day but like what's the real message behind it this year's theme is inspire inclusion how do you think schools can make everyone feel welcome and included that is a tough question because their social life is really nothing to do with what the school's trying to get across. The school's trying to uh, prepare them for later in life. Do you think like those discussions that we sometimes have informed, do you think that helps like bring new ideas and you know you get to know other people's point of views? Do you think that helps towards that? Yeah, <laughs> you'll get we will get a say in the conversations. 
I mean, in prep school at the moment, we've got our diversity week going on where we change our lessons to uh, talk about inclusivity and diversity. Mr. Jones, you're a history teacher here at Colford. How do you think women's contributions have shaped history in the areas you teach? I I think the answer to that is if you look at sort of all areas, political, social, culturally, scientifically, you know, Mm. sporting, militarily, you know, you'll find women doing things in all those areas. Uh, It's perhaps not a a question where we're going to say there's a specific answer to what women have been doing throughout history, but you're going to find them doing the same things as men if you look hard enough. Mm. And I think it's that looking, because obviously I think in your lessons you show a lot of women, like you bring up articles, you say like women that haven't been included in the history textbooks. And I think we find that, you know, quite inspiring to find those women that have been forgotten, you know, or who haven't been bothered to be mentioned, you know. Yeah, because I, th- I think it is it is true that a lot of history syllabuses ignore the roles that women have played. And, you know, there are some areas in which if you do sort of the, the Cold War, then it so happens that American presidents and Russian leaders were men, and there's mm. nothing you can do about that. But there are a lot of areas of history which we cover, say the Anglo-Saxons or something, where... Uh, women did a lot of important things and they're not mentioned in syllabuses and that's not right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Mr Gallagher, you're involved in organising some of prep school's International Women's Day celebrations and why is that important to you? It's important to me because I think that it's a really important message to get out and I also feel that I can really have an impact as someone. So, like I said, being 24 years old, I'm probably... like in a diff- come from a different perspective to a lot of my colleagues at prep school because I have... Uh, sort of like for example the time that I was your ages was more when sort of like women's issues and women's rights were obviously have been talked about for years and years like the suffragettes uh, right to vote etc but they've really like come to the fore in the last like 10-15 years or so I feel at least from what I've seen in my lifetime so I think that I've grown up having compared to maybe some other people having a lot more positive attitudes compared Mm -hmm. to some of those like maybe historical negative Mm -hmm. attitudes that might be within society it's an important message sent across to show that it's not just women celebrating international women's day it's everyone said everyone celebrates it should be about everyone celebrating um women's achievements in the past what women can achieve in the future so yeah it's definitely important to me in that respect i mean we have quite a few different perspectives in this room does anyone else feel the awareness of how women should be treated in in the same respect as men. Have you recognised that as well, being pushed forward a little bit more recently? Yeah, I think if, you know, to, to carry on sort of the historical theme a little bit and then bring that forward, a lot of history has been about sort of the, the oppression and the exploitation of women. And I think that's problematic because if you only see women in those roles being exploited, being oppressed, then that doesn't give women the opportunity to see um, sort of how they, they might kind of have more agency in their own mm-hmm. lives or their, their, their sort of self-respect and their expectations and their own opportunities for the future. And I think that's that's changing an awful lot at the minute. So we're starting to kind of see the promotion of, of women in a more uh, active role uh, in history rather than sort of simply having been wives or yeah. uh, whatever it might have been. Yeah, and kind of following on from your answer like mm. how do you think men can contribute to a more inclusive and equitable world for women i think by standing up and spreading those positive messages we have a massive um drive of prep school about 
upstander and bystander. So that mainly relates to like to bullying. Instead of mm. being upstander, being the person who stands up and takes responsibility and tries to change the narrative, rather than being the person who lets it just go past them. Mm-hmm. I think you can have the same kind of attitude with like something like International Women's Day or women's issues, women's rights, because if you have loads of men who are willing to speak up and be supportive. And not just not just sort of say, oh, it's not my it's not my problem, it's not yeah. my sort of my thing to do. I think that can make a, a big difference because then you've got more and more people on the same team pushing the, pushing it forward and uh, trying to make a positive change. Yeah, yeah. I think it's about modelling behaviour, isn't it? To other yeah. people, you can you know change other people's behaviour by modelling it to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. by example type thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially with prep school, you have a more sort of, I guess, obviously they have their own opinions and own thoughts, mm. but they really do follow the example of the the adults that are in yeah. their in their community. So, yeah, sort of modelling and leading by example. Yeah, yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah, and I feel like pointing out when behaviour is unacceptable. You know, if someone's like joking about something, you know, at the expense of other people, it's pointing that out because then they'll realise, oh, that makes me feel uncomfortable. You're pointing it out. You're saying that I'm wrong. You know actively changing behaviour like that. Yeah, there are a couple of government campaigns at the moment on there about saying mate yeah. and things like that. So to to, uh, to your friends when they're doing things that they, they shouldn't be doing. And yeah, I think that's a good thing. Is there one particular historical figure that inspired you when you learn about their life? Uh, well, I'm going to pick on Caroline Norton, who you know well, yes. because we use her to start the, the A-level course. Uh, and she was sort of a contemporary of Queen Victoria and she was an author and a poet, sort of writer, and, and sort of the equal of any uh, any men in her own right. Um, but as you know, she was sort of, because she was a woman, she was sort of pressured into marrying, and the marriage became quickly very abusive, and uh, she faced a lot of violence, and she lost her children uh, as, a, as a result of that. And she lost, she didn't have any right to any of her earnings because she was a woman and she was married, so her husband had all of those. Uh, and she had no legal rights in law at all, but she fought sort of long and hard in order to get to gain some of those rights for herself. And it was largely as a result of her that women gained their, their very first recognition in, in British law. So I think it was sort of, in in some ways, she's she's not a kind of a significant figure. She's not a, a queen or a you know a leader of a country or something like that. But uh, she sort of did something very remarkable from her position. So. So yes, Caroline Norton. I mean, that kind of that story kind of really highlights how you don't have to be someone of power to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I suppose like your individual choices and the way that you um, include people or just support each other can really make a difference. Yeah, one person's impact. Charlie, why do you think it's important for young men like yourself to get involved in these conversations? Young people need to listen to these so that history doesn't repeat itself. Everyone needs re- needs to be respected and everyone needs to be included. In- yeah, I think it's important to educate yourself and kind of take agency in doing that so you can be a better person and show other people. One person's calling someone else out on something that they don't think is right because they're aware that that um, kind of thing exists can spark change in others so other people in the conversation when someone calls someone out may say actually they have a point and Mm. they might recognize that in the future in today's society there's seems to be almost more ways that you can offend someone Mm -hmm. i don't really know how to explain it but 
people are more aware of what they're allowed to say and more aware of their feelings and how they can tell other people when they feel hurt by something. I also think that we're just so adamant to try and get things right. Like we want to correct our past. We want to constantly like be better. And so by trying to do the right thing all the time, we're trying to, if anyone's opinions either differ or slightly offend you, we try and shut it down immediately, mm-hmm. which almost is kind of counterintuitive and goes the wrong way. It's not exactly right in itself by cancelling other people because then we don't have that diverse range of opinions. I think we've we've sort of reached a point where we're, we're allowed to kind of be very subjective in our thinking. So you, you hear people talking about their truth and, and so on, but it clearly can't be the case that everybody's truth is going to be the, the same. And sometimes mm-hmm. those truths are going to bump into each other. And so at some point you've got to kind of have a, a little bit of give and take in that situation, haven't you? I think you've just got to put yourself in the position of how would you feel if you're on the receiving end of what you say before yeah. you say it? Just got to think about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, there needs to be an element of kind of tolerance and, and yeah. sort of empathy about things, doesn't there? I think also support for people when they do get it wrong. If you yeah. know it was an accident and mm. it wasn't ill-intentioned and they've tried their best to yeah. not make that yeah. mistake Allow again. them to educate themselves on the topic, allow them to have that time to learn from their mistakes instead of just completely shutting them out and disregarding them i mean this is kind of related but kind of not related but do you think it can go too far the other way so in my head the only example i've really got is on a football pitch is saying man on or man up Mm. like man on when someone's on the pitch and someone's behind you and you're not aware that they're there someone on your team will shout that and you immediately recognize that you need to move the ball Mm. but some people would question why a girls team is saying man on because there's not a man behind you it's another player so do you think that some people maybe feel like like, i don't really know how to phrase it but like some people like it should be woman on but it's a lot quicker quicker to say man on (laughs) i think in that context they're using uh, man as like player exactly Mm, but some people may view that as sexist Mm, in a way i think it depends obviously in that context i get where you're coming from but in other contexts, it's like, what does that derive from and what the implications? Obviously, in that context, it's fine. But there are mm. some contexts when, like, we use, like, male-centred words to describe a universal experience or something. No, I, no, it's, it's, I think it depends on how the person receives it. I think, yeah. like, if, clearly, if the person has, like, takes offence to it, then there's reason to try and adjust it. It's, it's interesting to get into the subtleties of it, isn't it? Because, yeah, because, yeah, yeah, some people would be, with the cancel culture thing... Some people would be like, offended by something which others would would not be. I think with that, it's a case of you see this is one thing with social media is that some people will post things on it to get the attention, and they will post that thing deliberately. Um, but if someone's made a genuine mistake, it's it's the case sometimes where we can maybe be too hasty to like jump down their throat and try and like like cancel them, for mm, example. Yeah. But no, it's an interesting debate though about the subtle, it's very subtle. Yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting it. how like male words it's kind of like linguistics but um have kind of become universalized like guys Mm. i mean that's just one thing that's not that serious but no i can't really think of a female word that's become universalized for both genders have you got time for a minute's anecdote (laughs) when i was doing my masters there was a a group of women who joined from that they'd come from oxford they were they were mature students and they refused to use the word history 
and they would only refer to her stream. <laughs> and when I was, I was about, must have been about 21 at the time, and it drove me nuts because, I, you know, the word history doesn't mean his story. Right. It's obviously Greek and then Roman. Uh, and there were a number of us, and we, we just found it really, really, you know, sort of difficult to kind of deal with. But now I get it. They were The point they were making is that, you know, most of history was about men and learning about men, and they were trying to make a point. And so they were using kind of the language in that way to sort of, you know, to to make it kind of almost ridiculous just so it got noticed. Mm. And now I kind of get what they were doing. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. I think we've had a really wonderful conversation. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Great. Great. Thank you for having us. us. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to On The Air. We'd love you to comment, like and share our podcast series. And if you'd like to get in touch, please visit our website, colford.co.uk or drop us a message on socials. This podcast is made for entertainment purposes only and is copyright of Colford School. Views and opinions are our own and deemed correct at the time of publishing. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes.